let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we are back and have survived another Crimbo Crawl, mate. We have survived Crimbo Crawl Manchester 2019. Yes, and in fact, the last Crimbo Crawl. The last Crimbo Crawl, yes. Oh. Things have accelerated, but we can talk about that through the show or we'll later on. We'll come on to that a little bit later on, yeah. And to, um, to guide us through this evening's show, we're actually um, drinking a range of non-alcoholic beers yes. this evening, aren't we? So, um, this has interested us anyway since it first came out, but Big Drop Brewing Co. have brought out World Collaboration Series number one, which implies they're going to do some more, I suppose, depending how well this does. There, there is there's a second series planned for March, April time. Oh, so spring release. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, we have four 440 milliliter cans all coming in at 0.5%. And you've poured the first beer already, Steve. I have indeed. So, before we say what it is, shall we say uh, cheers and, and see what we think? Yeah, let's do that. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I've not even tried it yet. <laughs> Okay, it's not for me, that one. Drink it then. Well, you, I'll, I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell the <laughs> listeners about this one. Oh, um, so this is collaboration between Big Drop Brewing Co. and Harbour Brewing, who are based in Cornwall. As I said, it's 0.5%. Um, they, the, they've also suggested an order we should drink these in. Um, to the left of the microphone, Steve is currently pulling the Steve face. Um, so, name of it, let's start off with it. Hibiscus Saison made us a little bit nervous. Hops, just the one. Yeah. Sriracha Ace. Brilliant, our, our favourite hop. Brewed with hibiscus flowers and a blend of botanicals, this has a hint of tar that's balanced with spicy notes. Sweet and sour from the hibiscus and a light, fruity, spicy backing from the pepper and juniper. Hops and pink peppercorns, hibiscus, coriander seed, juniper and yeast have all been thrown into the mix as well as water, barley and wheat. And I have to admit, for me, that I was always a bit nervous about it, but the peppercorns, I'm just wondering, it's, peppercorns. It's a big peppery nose. Yeah. The, the, the first thing you get off of that on the nose is pepper. And, and I'm going to say, it's a little bit off-putting. The noses are very off-putting, but I... I battled past that quicker, but the, I was not ready for that taste. I was more prepared for maybe the juniper or the hibiscus and stuff. And I don't know whether the sriracha ace is playing a part here, but that was that's too much for me. That's really unbalanced. It's it's really earthy. Yeah, I can't finish that. It's it's incredibly light as as well on its body. Um, no bitterness, so to speak, off at the end, which you probably wouldn't expect from this. Um, there's a lot going on in there, and like I said, I think I think maybe there's a there's a bit too much going on in there because, as, I, as you say, it's a little unbalanced. I, I would say I think you've actually been more generous than I am in this one. Um, I don't think it's balanced at all. I think it's way too heavy on the pink peppercorns, and some of these individual component parts I would happily use in cooking. Yeah, but food, 
It, yeah, it's, it's, it is a very kind of food-forward beer, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and maybe it would go well with certain dishes, but I can't picture what dishes they would go well with at the moment without killing it, to be honest. Um, I won't be finishing it. I'm, I'm going to struggle on for a, f- a few more sips, I think. Okay. Neither of us have been able to finish our beer. No, but you did try another s- sip. I can't, I can't drink it. I, 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 the the, the flavours are too overpowering in there. And, and and all of them are fighting for dominance and none of them are none of them are winning out as a result I just think it's totally it's a, it's a mess you know that's in my opinion someone else may turn around and say no that's really good I had it with some sort of uh, weird and wonderful food and it worked really well but my starting point is a beer should be a stand on its own two feet and I know what they're trying to do part of this is Let's have lots of flavour so people forget it's 0.5%. It's very, very rarely that we don't finish beers on the show. It's very rare. Very rare. So much so that I'm not even going to use the same glass. Because that hibiscus might hang around and that peppercorn. Okay, so what well, What have we got next? What, what are we hoping will we'll cleanse our palate? I'm, 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 I'm hopeful here, okay? So, Fine Ales, along with Big Drop, have produced a beer called Jam Session Raspberry Goes. And I've mentioned that the Goes style is quite suited to the lighter beers in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see what this is. You know, we like Fine Ales. Well, well, this should be it should be nice and crisp. It should have maybe a, maybe a hint of salt going on in there right on the finish. Um, and I'm hoping if it's raspberry, I'm hoping we're going to get quite a bit of tartness off of that. As, as well to bring out really bring out the refreshment side of it well plenty of uh, it feels feels quite lively yeah nice head on that really light in colour very light as, in colour as, as well almost Budweiser yeah light colour would you yeah, say yeah that's a very good comparison actually right nice white fluffy head we're following oh, the I can order I smell that I can actually smell the raspberry come on I'm excited oh, about already. it already cheers on. cheers jammy there is a bit of jam. Yeah. There's something else behind it. Something a bit more, I don't know, earthy. I was going to say earthy. Maybe just like the slightest hint of smoke in there. A little bit of peatiness, maybe, not smoke. Okay, it does taste like some form of jam. It does. Raspberries are there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe more like raspberry jelly than raspberry jam. Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, so, descriptions for this. Uh, sprightly and refreshing with a nose of sour berries rhubarb and raspberries maybe i was getting a bit of rhubarb type mm. hints there flavor is lightly tart with underripe berry and freshly harvested wheat all brought to a savory finish the sea salt it's quite dry at the end as well actually it's really dry um and that's really but that's the that is the main the main things in there it just says hops so they haven't really given us any hint of hops ibu's five which is you know what you expect mm-hmm. anyway that's actually quite refreshing that's very refreshing i'm liking that yeah that's that's uh, it's really st- lifting the palate. Starting to restore my faith. Now, probably just a little bit more information on this series. So, you know, what they wanted to do was collaborate with uh, some long-standing craft craft breweries, um, and so they wanted to do some crazy stuff, alcohol-free beers with some amazing breweries. They've actually worked with, on this as well with uh, Melissa Cole, who I'm sure everyone everyone who listens to this has definitely heard of. And the result of this is that we hope you enjoy drinking them as much as they enjoyed making them. Um, well, they've got a 50-50 now. <laughs> We're on a 50-50 ratio at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm hopeful for the other two as well. So, so am I. So, so am I. I think um, we've got two very strong styles coming up with two um, 
really strong breweries as well. Yeah, and that's no thing again against. I don't actually get that many beers from Harbour these days. No, neither do I actually. I don't. I don't really see a lot of their beers no. much these um, days. Uh, fine hours, obviously. Y'all. That's yeah. pretty much all you need to say, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we've had the wild forage stuff from them previously as well, mm-hmm. and that was very good. And that feels in this sort of perhaps of range as well with the sour berries and stuff. That is that's really nice and refreshing, actually. It is. It is. I don't think that's going to stay long in the glass. That will definitely not stay long. So we should probably dive into talking about the crimbo crawl. Where should we start? Uh, it makes sense to start crimbo crawl leave. Okay. Um, so after after last year, where. Crimbo Crawl Eve became a bit of an unofficial official thing, purely by chance when a load of people ended up in the same space yep. in, in Bristol. Um, we decided to actually uh, create a thing of it this year, have it as its own separate event, um, and we decided to host it at Beer Nouveau. Yep. Um, so we got in touch with Steve ages ago and said, would you be willing to have a load of us descend on the Friday evening? And Steve being Steve was more than happy to, to, to have us there. So uh, we had a nice group of us. Um, down what do you reckon? Room. One point about twenty of us, maybe. Uh, I think fifteen yeah, to twenty. 15, maybe, yeah, maybe more fifteen. I mean, uh, for anyone who's seen the pictures or been to Steve's tap room space, it's a, it's a it's a good space for that kind of thing. Every uh, this is now the third time I've been there, and he's always been doing something different with it. So he's tweaking it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, bit few more bits of eclectic mixes of furniture come in. Um, although you know. I didn't actually find it too cold in there on the Friday night. I, I think he's made some changes so it's a little bit warmer as, as well. He's got he's got kind of a sort of two door system going on. As you yeah, so there. you haven't got everything quite going through the same draft, have yeah. you? As well. Um, Plus, he's got um, certainly on a Friday evening. He's now got surplus in there who are a Manchester-based uh, food vendor. Yeah. Now I didn't have any food, but I know that everyone else who did. Really enjoyed it. Oh, everybody that had it was speaking very highly. Yeah, of it. and a couple of people did, definitely went back for seconds as well. I, I think a couple of people. I think I saw go back three times. <laughs> I, I must admit, um, and that, and that's that's an ever changing menu as well because they're, they're basically using stuff that's left over from kitchens in Manchester. Yeah. Um, hence the name sur- surplus. But but yeah, so nice group of us. Um, upon us getting there, we we decided what we were going to have to drink first. Well, we uh, didn't. Well, no, we did. Yeah, and then, we, we had decided on yeah. our way there what we were going to have, uh, and then we were walked in and instantly presented with four glasses of not, not broadside, broadside. <laughs> which Steve had, had brewed especially for for, for us. Yes, for, for that evening. Uh, so we did get to try the beer we were going to have, which was the uh, was, was it the 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 Lowry, Sunny Lowry? That was the first one, wasn't it? We were going to go for that was the one we was going to do first, uh, which yeah. we did get around to having. Uh, what also rather than going for listing all the different beers and stuff, every beer that I had. Was tasting spot on the other night. Really good. So just tasting spot on. Everyone looked spot on as well. They were all perfectly conditioned. Yeah. In in terms of their body, the mouthfeel, the presentation in the glass. They had nice thick heads. Nice mix of keg and cask offerings yeah. as well. Yeah. Plus some stuff from the wood. As, yeah. As there always is with Steve. Yeah. And uh, we did get a chance to try some of uh, the beer we've invested in. The barrel stuff. Yeah. Yeah, really tasty. Very good. Um, a few other people tried some of that and were vastly impressed as well. Mm-hmm. One of the guys from his, the homebrew club he hosts, cracked open a couple of his bottles. I thought his bottles of beer were excellent as well. Oh, yeah. That, the Mild, which is, reminded me a bit of the Timmy Taylor's Golden Mild. And then he had, um, wasn't it a Belgium-inspired beer as well? It was, yeah. yeah. And that was really good as well. I mean, again, we just didn't have a bad beer. Um I also want to give a shout out to uh, Rob, Discombobulated, who presented us with uh, a beer that you'll hear more about on the end of year show. 
um, from a brewery that no longer exists as well. So looking forward to trying that one. So yeah. thanks again for that, Rob. Really appreciate that. Well, in that. addition to that, he also brought down a massive sharer for everyone. To oh, yeah, from in, the Garage Beer Co. Yeah, a big, yeah. big old Imperial Stout. Which yeah, and everyone, again, everyone enjoyed that as got, well. Got a taste of yeah, So again, thank you again for doing that, Rob. Um, it was just a lovely, relaxed, chilled evening. That's that's what we wanted it to be. Yeah. And, and then it was great that um, when, when Steve had some people coming to help him behind the bar, he then came over and spent time talking to the group about brewing, heritage beers, the things that make heritage beers different from mm. modern beers, the processes that he's had to go through and things he's had to change to try and recreate those beers. And, and it was absolutely lovely that he, he took that time to, to come and sit with the group oh, as well. Very good of him. And, you know, we will be doing a show just with Steve. I want to say just with Steve. Me, me and Steve here will ask him one question and then sit back for an hour and a half. And just drink the beers while, just drink the while, beers he, talks while, while he talks about it. But we will definitely get something sorted out. We just want to make sure it's at the right moment. Just the right feel for it. Well, we're just we're also waiting for our investment in terms of the the, the barrel age. Yeah, program that would work. That would work and, well, and, and, and the bottles and to do it at the same time. So, because um, I know a few people have mentioned that on Twitter recently. Oh, when are we going to have the show with Steve? Yeah. It's in in our minds, it's coming. We just don't know when when, well, when it is. Which is. It might be next year. It might not. And Steve doesn't know when it's coming either. No. No, he doesn't. He keeps <laughs> telling us the beers are coming, and then he keeps saying, "Oh, they're not quite right yet." Yeah. And, and uh, knowing his attention to detail, he he just wants it to be perfect. Yeah, he wants yeah, it, he wants the beer to be perfect, which is fine. But like I said it was you know everyone who came along. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope everyone seemed like they had a good time. So I hope everyone did. It started off the weekend really well. Oh, abs- absolutely, and um, just a massive thank you to Steve um, for hosting us. Yeah, for his time. Uh, and just really uh, a, a plea to anybody going to Manchester, do not overlook Beer Nouveau. Um, yes, it's a bit further out than some of the places that are a little bit closer to the station, but you will not be disappointed that you've made the time to travel there. But it's still well within Manchester. Yeah, absolutely. It's a 15-minute walk if from you, the station. If you wanted to make that the starting point of a, of a journey through Manchester... Do your furthest point out and just come back in again and you'll still be able to hit plenty of places without without any issues whatsoever. Yeah. And I think it'd be a lovely place to start when it's not too busy as well. Lovely place. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get some grub, even better. Yeah. Which is why we chose to make it its own event, really, yeah. wasn't it? Because um, we had a lot of other places we wanted to get to on the Saturday and logistically, it just wouldn't have worked on the Saturday. No, it, w- it, would, it just would have been a bit tougher with a big group. If there's only, we've done it before, if there's a small group of you Logistics are easier. Yeah. So let's assume you're not going to be trying to move 25 to 30 to 35 people around the city during the day. Then, like I said, you can easily do it if you just have to work it out a little bit. Definitely. But please do visit and say hi to Steve. Absolutely, yeah. But give yourself time. Give yourself time (laughs) there because he will talk to you and he will insist that you drink all of the beers that are available. Not that it's a bad thing. Absolutely not. That's not a bad thing. No. Um... So that brings us on to the, the main event, the, 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 the Crimbo Crawl, uh, which was on Saturday. There was only one starting point. There was only ever going to be one starting point, and that was the Marble Arch. Yep. And, and what a selection of beers we were greeted with when we walked in there. Yeah, I mean, I'm always expecting, having been there a few times now, and once earlier, twice earlier this year actually now, so this is my third visit in one year to Marble Arch, I'm quite pleased with that. You, you have an expectation, I think, anyway, that there's going to be 
a good range of cask, good range of keg, and if for some bizarre reason you've run out of all of those, you could just have a little browse in the fridge as well. Yeah. Which we didn't get anywhere near. Well, we actually someone did and shared it with us, but we'll come to that. Um, although the pub does open to the general public at 11, we had most of the place sewing up for the first 45 minutes or so. Well, yeah, because they were also quite good in letting us in at about quarter to 11 as yeah. well, because they saw us hanging around outside and, yeah. and, and and they did let us in to, to warm up and cosy on down. Yeah, did some bacon sarnies for us, thank you very much, and a few veggie options as well. Yeah. Um, and I know that a lot of people appreciated that, especially everyone, people who had travelled you know, further afield on the day mm-hmm. as well. So again, uh, thank you very much for that. And then it was basically all, what are we going to have at the bar then? Uh, what did we start with, Steve? Pint. Of pint. A pint of pint. It was, it's, it's the only place you can start yeah. when, when you go into the, into the Marble Arch. You can't, you can't not start there. No, uh, um, we, well, we all had it and I think a fair few other people had it as well. Yeah. And served properly as, as well through a sparkler. Yeah, are you just going to say that for every cast beer now? Uh, pretty much yeah. okay let's take that as red then okay <laughs> um, but yeah it was, it, again it's just the pub as well it just oozes some lovely relaxing atmosphere oh it, yeah the, the the it's hard to describe unless you've actually been in there but it is it's a very it's a work of art very Victorian yeah lots of tiling um, all up the walls all over the ceiling all over the floor tiles as far as the eye can see Different colour, shiny, proper old school pub feel, but contemporary at the same time. Yeah. And then you've got this bar perfectly placed in the corner, and even the bar is shaped to, to fit that room. Yeah. Adorned with the most amazing selection of cask beers, the most amazing selection of keg beers as well. And and like, like you say, you know, we instantly we walked in and we, we had a look at the boards and it was like... Well, it's a good job we've got a couple of hours here. Yeah, so because there's a few beers that we want to get through. As, as we as we highlighted previously, um, we we decided on this occasion to reduce number of venues but increase time in ven- said venues. Um, also, we were con- you know competing with just Manchester being busy, Manchester at Christmas, and Manchester City versus Man United mm. in the evening as well. So it was a busy day. It in was Manchester. a busy day, and to be fair, I don't think I've ever been around Piccadilly when it's not busy anyway, but. So we said, okay, two and a half hours roughly we've got in here. After the first pint, we did then drop down to halves. And then we stepped up to two thirds because the whole pub had cleaned out of halves. <laughs> yeah, basically we had done our best to rinse them of glassware. Yeah, because everyone wanted to try as many beers as possible. Yeah. So they were all having halves, weren't they? I think I think we got to try everything we wanted, didn't we? I don't think there was anything which... I, I didn't come away thinking, oh, I wish I tried that. So, question... Name two. Let's take pints out of the equation because we were always going to have pint. Okay. Give me your top two marble um, beers on, on that occasion. First one was one of their keg offerings and it was part of the recent um, Calabageddon series that they did with... I don't know who it was with as part of that series, but that series is organised by Andy from Elusive Brew mm-hmm. uh, called Iron Marble, which was a modern... Um, it's called a modern bitter. Yeah, on keg. On keg. It was so tasty. It, it was superb. It was just absolutely outstanding. Um, probably the real highlight, though, is is going diving back into the cask beers, and it was a beer called Rufus, which was a red owl, um, which I think there wasn't a single person in the pub that wasn't raving about it by the time that we left there. 
Yeah, because uh, I went to the bar and said, what are we going to have? And we said, oh, let's try the radio. We haven't seen that one before. And literally, as soon as I started to use the word R, everyone was saying, oh, it's brilliant. You've got to have it. Go yeah. on. Definitely, that would be... I thought the Iron Marble was excellent as well. I thought, if you're trying to appeal to a slightly different crowd who haven't been schooled on the art of cast, perhaps, and what that can bring, the Iron Marble was excellent, I thought. It was bang on. Absolutely. Really that. tasty. Yeah. Rufus would be my top two as well, because generally, a lot of the time, I'm a bit 50-50 on red ales. Sometimes they're a bit too sweet, or maybe sometimes that little bit of rye peppery can come through. Um, the Marble Stout. Oh, the Stout was incredible. Partly because the same thing I've said about the Dark Arts, and this might sound wrong, but it's just the Stout. It just seems to have the four main ingredients mm-hmm. in there. Nothing's been added in there. We had it almost at the perfect time. Nice reset as well. Didn't last long in the glass. On cask. Tip top that was. Yeah. But we didn't have a bad beer. No. In fact, the beer we were probably most disappointed with, if we want to use that phrase, was the West Coast IPA cross collar on cask. Yeah, because I think on, on, on cask for me, just the bitterness didn't come through. It wasn't quite sharp enough, was it? No, it was, it was very soft. But yeah, I mean, we must have had, what, eight, eight or nine different yeah. beers in, in there? Easily, and, and, and then if that wasn't enough... Yeah, well, so we're wrapping up here. We're yeah. thinking, okay, Mike, get the coat, got to go to the loo, we've got an Uber coming. And then uh, who, who got it for us? Who, who got the... Uh, Joe Hill at yeah, Multiplex Rant. Rant. Uh, very kindly decided to share a bottle of the, one of the 2019 uh, releases, the barley wine. What's the barley wine, yeah. In a 660 bottle. Yeah. And shared it round. So if you want to know where the wheels might have started to not, maybe not come off, but just get a little bit Slowly oiled. get loosened. Um, yeah. It was about a quarter to two on the Saturday in Marble when I'm having barley wine. Yeah. Um, he made that barley wine go a long way. He did do well with it. That's why well. he was very good with those pours. Yes. Yeah, better than you, Rich. Um, what, did, what did you think about it? It was really nice. I do like having a fresh barley wine, but we're definitely not getting everything from it yet. No, I just, I just felt it, it, it just did taste a little bit young. Yeah, and, I, and, and you can. You, I think with some confidence, I can say that about a barley wine. It, it just tasted young, and yes. I just think give that one six, twelve months, and it's going to start. The flavours are going to start really coming to life. In, oh, in, definitely. In, in that. It feels like there's a lot still behind there, still to come out. Yeah. But again, thank you very much for sharing that. Oh, absolutely, and again, massive thank you to Jan and the team yeah. from, from Marble for hosting us, looking after us, um, and basically just you know. Giving, giving us the best possible start to our day in Manchester. Yeah. And I hope you're feeling better, Jan. Yes, yeah, because she was, she was quite poorly, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, I don't think if we hadn't been in, she may not have popped down in the first place. Yeah. But I think she wanted to pop down and say hello to us all. Yeah. And then direct operations for the photographs. Actually, <laughs> 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 you can't help it. Yeah. Um, right, so before we get on to venue number two, I'll, I'll pr- I'm coming to the end of the Fine Owls collab, the big drop jam session, Raspberry Grows. What do you think? What's your final thoughts? Um, it's okay. As it's begun to warm a little bit in the glass, it's begun to lose some of the crisp refreshingness. Some of the um, some of those smoke notes have started coming through a little bit more. Some of the peatiness. I'm almost getting like um, a salad, um, as in a fresh garden salad quality coming mm. through at the back of this. I don't really know. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I wouldn't know. No, you wouldn't know. So I, I, I have so. to. I'm sort of having to reflect myself here about the salad yeah. beer. But that's the closest I can describe it to is like a garden salad, which again I like a garden salad, 
but it's not really what I want at the back end of a beer I'm drinking. Yeah. And it hasn't been in the glass for that long with us. No, no, it hasn't. Um, I would have struggled in the end for a full 40. Oh, absolutely. With, with that one. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. So I'm just going to, I think, bit of a, a bit of a rinse before we move. While I get the next one out, you can uh, start us on venue number two. Yeah, so moving on from, from Marble, um, a series of cabs and uh, quite a few people did the walk as well. Um, I, th- well, I think there were a few that's people. We that... wanted to max out the time in Marble. Steve. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a few people may have stopped at some additional venues on the way over to Cloudwater, but that's fine. That's, that was that, that's... we've always said that in terms of the Crimbo Crawl, that the, the route is where we're going to be at certain times, and if people want to dip in and out, that's up to them. Um, but by the time we made it to Cloudwater, there were quite a few people there already. Uh, and as Cloudwater is at the moment, it's split into two areas. That's uh, upstairs you've got the Cloudwater taproom, yep. and downstairs you've actually got track taproom because um, Cloudwater are looking after track at the moment while they don't actually have a taproom space. Uh, we did find half the group sat downstairs drinking Cask Sonoma. Straight away. Yep, and half of the group sat upstairs drinking murky IPAs. <laughs> we, had to br- we had to bring the groups together again. Yes, yeah. Uh, because, you know, again, a uh, friend of the show and friend of ours, Connor, Connor Murphy, um, was kind enough to offer anyone who was interested a perhaps shortened brewery tour. I, I'm not so sure it was a tour, as it was just a bit of a look around. Oh, was it? The, just the, a bit the, of a wander around? Yeah, and just a bit of a Q&A with him in terms of some of the, the, the stuff that they do. Okay, fair enough. Still good of him to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at which point, I think we'd already had the, one of the small smaller beers from Cloudwater, the Mindfulness IPL. Yeah, that was our first beer, wasn't it? And then we went to get a pint at Sonoma. Obviously. Panicked for a few moments when they said it's kicked. But it's okay, I've got a second one here. Thank yeah. Goodness for that is what we thought. Um, and again, yes, I'll say it this time, pull for a sparkler, you know, uh, or if Richard wants to be pedantic, pull for a creamer, or Andy, his boss, if he's listening. Yeah. Um, tasted fantastic. And then back upstairs to the very bright open space, that is the Cloudwater tap room. And uh, then Connor shared a couple of the beers they've got from the, from the, sh- from the shop. Yeah, these are the new... Um kind of Christmas barrel-aged releases for, for, for this year. So one of them was the um, something done with Oliver's Cider. Yeah, it was like a, a cider, cider beer hybrid. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was to everyone's taste. I enjoyed it. I don't think I had any. I think I took one whiff of a glass and I was like, that's not going to be for me. I think you were probably right. Yeah, but it, I thought I thought that was nice. Um, it took a while to actually find the, uh, the the details for that one myself, and then we had a collaboration with Keys. Yes, which I think uh, they've done collaborations with Keys previously, haven't they? Yeah, it's a Keys big Brary. imperial stout, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, but um, again, very generous, very generous of them to share those. So thank you very much. Uh, that was called Tall Tree. Um, I've just written down simply Wow. I didn't actually write much about the beers at the weekend, mm. but it was simply a Wow beer was. Really thick, really viscous. Everything you'd expect, in my opinion. Quite from sweet an as well, if I'm remembering. Had quite a sweetness yeah, to it. Did, but it felt like a quite a natural sweetness rather than a forced. Yes, yeah, sweetness. Yeah, absolutely. So, and the other one was a Oliver's cider and Perry uh, La Saison de Pause. and I've got no doubt I've said that pretty badly. Uh, but again, thank you very much for sharing that. But that is, I can see it from here, that is listed as a dry cider. Yeah. 
So it, it's it ticks was, all your boxes, Steve. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Perry apples, dry. Yeah, spit seasoning. <laughs> what else could you want in a drink? Well, uh, none of that. <laughs> um, but no, once again, uh, a massive thanks again to, to, to Connor for sorting us out of space uh, at the tap room there and, and for taking the time to show some people around and for letting us have a share of those beers. Um, obviously, you know, we didn't pay for any of those beers. Yeah, and they had reserved us a few tables as well. Yeah. So again, thank you very much. We know you can get busy in some of these places, especially the time of year that we were there. So to set aside some tables for us, we are very, very grateful. Oh, very, very, very much so. Very much so. So from there, we took the um, fairly shortish walk, 10, 12 minute walk yeah, to over to Port Street Beer House. Didn't feel too bad. I think um, one of our listeners did a lot of the, uh, the, the leading for that one, Rich Caller. Yes, yeah, he kind he, of t- took us took us straight over there. And uh, now, Port Street Beer House, we wanted to have... I've never been there, but I was keen to, to see this one because it is one of the the early adopters, mm-hmm. for want of a better phrase. So, we got there, busy. Very busy. Now, Rammed, in fact. This was probably about an hour to an hour and a bit more before people anyone who was in there before the football who were going to lead for the football yeah we hit it peak wrong time yeah however <laughs> I did get to the bar pretty promptly I can't believe how quickly you got to the bar because I, I was I literally I saw you go in and then as I walked past the window you were at the bar the bar was rammed from the bar to the entrance way somehow you had made it to the bar instantly and why was that because you saw the kernel on tap, <laughs> you saw the brown label of the kernel, and I don't, I don't know. I think you just magically somehow evaporated from as you walked in the door and then appeared at the bar. Dematerialised. Yeah. Um, yeah. So went to the Port Street Beer House and ordered kernel. We always manage <laughs> in Manchester, no matter where we go, to end up ordering pints of kernel. I know it's a skill. <laughs> um, not even sure where where I've got it in the list actually, but it was one of their pale owls, seven point one percent, very very tasty. Oh, I've got we were in a kitty pint each for everyone and a half a pint for Emma. Yeah, and then as luck would have it, we managed to then hit a sweet spot when we went upstairs where a whole load of people disappeared. Yeah, and we managed to get two kind of tables. Didn't yeah, we? two like Straight a U shaped. So a lot of the people were then able to sit down for a large period of time. And upstairs they had a Panoma Panoma Island Panoma Island tap takeover tap almost takeover and it was a launch of some of their new beers as well yeah. I think we ended up having one of those as well didn't we we did we had the Amarillo Pale okay because I thought probably you would have been better off doing it the other way around absolutely but it was just nice and refreshing sitting up there having that and it was the windows had been open so it was a little bit cooler up there yeah. than either because it was everything had risen to the top and it was a bit hot when we first went up there as well frankly I was surprised you didn't go back downstairs for more kernel <laughs> it's, it's, it's got to be said but I, I enjoyed the Port Street Beer House I would like to go there maybe a different time of the year and when it's not quite so busy and really take in the place a bit more did, did you find I, I know you managed to make it to the bar without any, any problem but did you find as it was busy and, and, and this is one of the downsides to Port Street's layout. There's always a weird queuing thing that happens. Yeah, and I think that happens purely because there almost isn't a choice. Yeah. You've got two pillars. We almost had a bit of a queuing system going at Marble at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah, again, because of the shape of the bar. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, maybe I'll just jump the queue. <laughs> it was, so yeah, we had the Amarillo Pale from Panoma Island, described as American Pale Ale, and that was on keg. And we had the India Pale Ale, Nelson Savon Chinook, 7.1% from Colonel. I remember the Panoma Island being pretty decent. Yeah, no, it was still decent, and bearing in mind, that's what I'm saying, bearing in mind it followed the Colonel. Yeah. So the fact is, we can still remember it, and still think it's decent. Although at that stage, I, was, I have to admit, things were beginning to get a little bit misty. At that, that stage, <laughs> for, for for me, just just a little bit. So I'm I'm saying that I enjoyed it. I, I, I imagine I enjoyed it if I'm saying that. But if you ask me to tell you too much more about it, I couldn't at, at this stage. See, it's the next venue I get a bit misty. Yeah. So, Paul Street Beer House. Before we move on from there, I have cracked open a third beer for us. Steve. Okay. So so this is one from the set that one one of the two that I was really looking forward to. In yeah. This so this one's been done with salt. That's the uh, place which Colin Strong's at, isn't it? Yeah. And we've had a few beers from them. I mm-hmm. think we've, we've quite enjoyed those. This is the little IPL, India Pale Lager. Pearl and Motueka are the hops. Okay. Let's Ooh. see what we think. Cheers. Nose on that. Okay. <laughs> Fairly fruity. But like fruit hoppy. Well, it tastes like beer. It does taste like beer. Feels like beer. Really dry, yep. really dry on the finish, which gives a real nice refreshness, refreshingness to Quite, it. Quite um, a multi character to it, I would say as well. Yeah, but you'd look for that, wouldn't you, in a in a lager? Yeah, but I'm not sure you always get it in the the lower version sometimes yeah. because I think they really try to go big on the hops. This actually feels quite well balanced, I mm-hmm. have to admit. Um, so this one is a fusion brew of two different classic styles. Brings the malty backbone of a Hells with a unique zesty lime character of Motueka hops found in many IPAs. Ingredients, like I said, the Merlin Motueka. Uh, there is some lactose in it and some wheat as well. So I presume that both the lactose and the wheat are there to add a bit more of the body. Mm-hmm. At the moment, not getting much of the lactose myself. No, there's no. It's, it's certainly not giving it any uh, sugary or sweet. No sweet characteristics. Um, whether that you know. I don't think it will stay in the glasses for too long anyway. But if no, you did, I don't think it will. I, I, I do wonder if a bit like the Punk AF, whether you might start to get it at the back end of it if it lasted mm-hmm. too long. It's a good start, though. Very good start. Good start. So, you're a bit misty. Just just beginning to get a little bit misty. I'm okay. Yeah. So, we get we get to the Beatniks uh, Republic NQ. Again, thank you very much, Beatniks, because you set aside some space for us. Yeah, quite a nice big bit of space as well. Which was really handy. And I think, again, we may have hit that place at quite a nice time because it didn't feel too packed. No, it was, it was relatively clear in there. Yeah. We walked straight in into the bar. Yeah, so that was nice. This is where it started to get a little bit more misty for me because I know that I had two drinks in there. Pretty certain I know what the first drink was. I think we decided we needed a dark beer. Yeah, I'm, pre- I'm 95% sure we had a porter. Yeah, and then we all just sat down and chatted. And then it was really good fun. Thank you again to Beatniks for setting out some space for us. I felt really comfortable in there. Had some really good chats with some people again. And definitely had a second beer. That's the, that's a bit of a misty bit. But no Rutland Arms. No Rutland Arms. At least you can remember being in there. Exactly. Yes. That's a way, yeah. that's a massive step up. Yeah. Is being in there. And then we went off to go and meet Sleepy Steve and Kathy Beermoff. Where... For a moment, I thought, Steve, no, he's going to go, he's going to go. I was feeling very tired, but it's because I'd, I'd eaten. Then you um, sat down. It was a bit warm when Kathy Beermoff as well. And then I well. sat down, and uh, I'm sure a little nap happened. 
I'm sure a little micro nap happened. Um, and, and yeah, I thought, I'm, I'm, I'm done here. I'm actually done here. But, came in here, got in there, I think, chose some good drinks. We chose the Donzoco Don, Don Hells. Yeah. Got you up on your feet, got you to circulate a bit more. Second wind, bang. I think I, think I was all right once I decided I was just going to abuse Rich for the rest of the evening. Poor old Rich. <laughs> That was your incentive for staying awake. You probably wish you'd stayed asleep. Yeah, um, but no, it was it was great. Like, like I say, but by the time I came round a little bit and everyone had made it to, to Cafe Beer Moth, we were quite lucky in terms of the space that we managed to nab that became available. And yeah. Emma flew into it from one side of the bar to the other side to kind of reserve it. No, for well us. done because that table and the seating around it alone yeah. held roughly eight to ten people, depending yeah. on. Uh, Close you want it to be with other people. And then we had a bit of other, another round table nearby and a bit of seating along the side. And again, I've always, I, Cafe Beer Moth, for me in Manchester, is one of those venues which works really well towards the end of the evening. Yeah, and we just stayed there, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, we did, there was no need to go anywhere else. And at just that point. enjoyed it. Uh, we could have ended up going somewhere where it's really busy, it's just a relaxed feel to it. It's got a cracking choice of drinks anyway. Um, and I think Rich dived in to get some cheese and and crackers as well and it was just a really lovely feel I think I also had some Taras Bulba in there from Brasserie de la Seine mm-hmm. I think I got some for Emma as well because I think she quite likes the Belgian-y yeah she does the Belgian beers and you know what I would say about a good 60 to 70% of the people who were with us in the marble were still there in Cafe Beermoth that they were um, to which I'm, I'm going to say I was very surprised at that point that the uh, the lads from Men Behaving Badly were still with us <laughs> and they were still fairly fairly with it as yeah. well more so than me at one point yeah um, you know firstly all the podcasters who attended made it all the way through today yeah and that, that was brilliant just to um, just have some, some some chat with some of the other podcasters that were there so some, some massive shout out to uh, to the guys from Beers Without Frontiers as well Simon and Vicky and and Charles, Charles. good who, to meet Charles also with us yep um, obviously lads from MBB were, yep. were, were with us as well um, Nick from Hot Forward podcast was with us for a, a large a bit part of the, of the day, day as well so. and he definitely really enjoyed the first couple of stops we were at as well yeah. um, no it was uh, you know like I said it may sound we've rushed it a little bit with the count back now because we've had less venues but I did quite enjoy more time in the venues I did I did and I think I think that's definitely uh, for us that was a case of we took on board feedback that people have said to us we've taken on board our own thoughts on sometimes we feel as though maybe we've overreached in terms of what we've tried to do on a single day well, the thing is, you can try... If you're going to go to these big cities, you can't do everywhere. You can't, no. But no. maybe a couple of times we've tried to do a bit more than perhaps we, we should have done, really. And maybe all that extra bit of toing and fraying between places. And there's a good chance if suddenly me and Steve have been presented with 45 minutes left in marble, we would have probably tried to drink exactly the same amount of beers in less time. Mm-hmm. I never felt rushed in any of the venues. No, and I think I think that's what doing less enabled us to do. And, yeah, and it also gave people those windows of of opportunity. Like you say, quite a few people took the opportunity to to go and have a drink in Northern Monk Refectory um, while we while we had the time at Beatniks. I certainly took that opportunity to go off and have something to eat. We know people disappeared at other points during yeah. the day because there was enough time to do that. Yeah, people could do that. At- 
no one, a few people didn't go direct to Cloudwater, they stopped somewhere. A few people didn't go direct to Beatniks, they went to Northern Mark Refectory. No problem with that at all. But that, having that longer span in each one gave people the opportunity to do it and gave us the chance to relax. Mm-hmm. So it was an excellent day and all I had beer, some really good beers throughout the whole day. The highlight definitely is just chatting to people. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Just just enjoying drinking and laughing and just having a it's good time. It's amazing how people. quickly those 12 hours go. Yeah. Literally 11 to 11. And I think maybe it feels like it goes a bit quicker because it gets dark about five hours into the crawl. But it was so much fun. So thank you, everyone, as well. And two young guys, uh, the twins, Alex and Bradley. Still don't know which one you are. And I hope whichever one of you lost your wallet found it as well. Um, so... It was an absolute pleasure, and I know Steve said it on Twitter yesterday more than once, I'm going to say it here, very humbled that, off the back of this podcast, that people want to, are willing to meet up with people they may or may not have met before, off the basis of interaction on Twitter or via the show. Yeah. And just have a, a good day out. Yeah, and, and that's that's all we try and do with it, yeah. and n- next year we will try to get the Hello My Name Is at stickers for people to yeah, wear so, so we can you, can, you can wear your twitter name exactly with pride yeah uh, but no underscores uh two other shout outs for me uh simon thank you very much for uh for that mills saison cider that you've given us um steve cannot wait to try that um and i can't wait for steve to try it uh we may we with no guarantee we may take it to a, a bottle share so a few more people can sample it as well because there are definitely a few Mills Brewing fans at our bottle share oh, as well yeah uh, but we shall let you know anyway and Terry you brought gave us a couple of cans of beer although uh, apologies I had forgotten that you had the person who gave them to me but I did get them home safely they are now in beers they Dave's beer cupboard and they will be on a future show yeah, we're a lot of generous people this yeah, year. Yeah, thank um, you very much. We, we never we never expect that. No. We don't ever go into these things expecting that. Um, and, you know, like I mentioned earlier on, I, I didn't know Connor was going to pull out those bottles and do those that, those tastings either. All, I was happy the, with the space being set aside. That's all he ever said to me. He was doing that and a little look around the brewery. So, you know, very, very grateful for those coming out as well. But no, we don't ever expect any of that. All, all we do this for is to just bring people together so they can... That they, it's, it's almost like a... I don't know, it's almost like a walking beer festival where we just bring people together so they can just enjoy a range of great beers together. From a place you may or may not have been to. And there was yeah. definitely a few people who hadn't been to Manchester before for, oh, the, no, for the beer scene. It was a first for a lot of people. But but yeah, um, just really grateful to all the venues for hosting us. Um, one thing we, we haven't mentioned is that um, Jan did also give us a bottle of barley wine and a t-shirt to give away to what, what she said last person standing now we realised there was no way we'd be able to do that and, and give it away fairly so we knew there was to be too many we did have a bit of a raffle didn't we in the in the um, Cafe Beer Moff at the end and um, congrats to Tom Tom won Tom from Men Behaving Badly won the bottle of I think it's one of their stouts, isn't it? I think it's the it? decadent, decadent stout this year. So we're looking forward to hearing you well, I, we do that on a show. All three of you to do that on the show. Congratulations. And the t-shirt, Manchester Bitter, was won by Rich from the Vic. Yeah. So he, he enjoyed getting his little prize? He did. He did you enjoy enjoyed that. him getting a prize, didn't you, Steve? I did enjoy him getting a prize. And uh, I was grateful that he got the prize because he actually used that to keep his phone dry. Uh, why we used his phone as a map to lose our way back to our hotel. 
which was fantastic. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yes, it did pee. Uh, you know, we're in Manchester, it's December. It peed it down at the very end of the evening. What are you thinking on the um, IPL then? It's my favourite of the three so far. I was looking forward to this one. Yeah. Again, I think the one thing I'm going to say, and although I can get on with the first beer, I think these beers benefit from being cold or colder. I think so. Um, I mean, I've, I've just finished mine. I've taken a, a, a big gulp at the end there. There is the dryness, there is the maltiness there. A little bit of sweetness coming through on the finish of it um, as, as well there. Um, but yeah, as it's again, as it's beginning to warm, I, I don't know. I don't know what happens there. Some of the flavours just don't seem to work when they're warmer. No, and again, this is where it's four, four, forty cans. I, even with the, this one, I'm not sure I'd be loving the 440 version if I was drinking it to myself. It would have had to have been ice cold when you took it out of the fridge. And me very thirsty. Yeah. So, hot day, come back from a run, the first half goes without passing judgment. Yeah. That kind of thing. But yeah, not really sure whether, you know, why they couldn't have done 330s. A lot of other alcohol-free beers tend to have gone 440s are on trend, aren't they? It's what everyone's doing. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this, I think. Uh, these possibly needed to be 330 cans or 330 bottles. Especially at the start. Yeah. If you're going to do your first run of it, it, you know, because you have gone from some, you know, on the first two for some people, myself included on the first one, some challenging ingredients perhaps as well. Very much so. So, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Anyone else who tries them, please let us know what you think, though. I'd, I'd love to know of people's thoughts on these, yeah. rather, rather than just ours, because obviously... I still love what they're doing. Two of them in particular aren't exactly to my taste, stylistically. Yeah, but I like what they're trying to do here. It's, it's good, because they've, they've gone away from just going, uh, it's alcohol-free, have a standard parallel, have a standard yeah. lager... They're, 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 they've actually looked at some of the styles and said, right, what what styles can we actually do yeah. here? And what can we achieve? Maybe if they work with the same people again and maybe they can hone the recipes at some point in the future. And, you know, there may be some sort of beers you can go for. But at the moment, it doesn't feel for me that they're quite there. I'll put it this way. The other al- couple of alcohol-free beers I've had recently, so obviously ghost shit, but that hawk's head we had. Yes. I would, wouldn't be passing those two up for these at the moment. No, for, for me, the, that Hawkshead one that we had is is still head and shoulders above anything else I've tried in so far as it was a stunning hole free. It, we had a three thirty can each. Yeah, and really I've good. since had two more as well. Yeah, well, I finished my ones for yeah. over. So yeah, you have we all have benchmarks for these kind of things, and that that's becoming a bit of a benchmark. Maybe the Ghost Ship Zero is a little bit different because it's more towards that bitter pale ale style. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I still don't mind Nanny State. Don't see enough Formbridge Big Easy to really. I need to give that a go again. It's changed its name now. What are they calling it? Oh yeah, I forgot um, that they have changed it, haven't they? Zero five, I think it's called now. Okay, well, I'd like to try it again, and if they stick it in a in a four pack of cans so they can become a bit of a fridge staple, I'll give it a go. Get mm-hmm. it, Tesco. But as we alluded, Steve, earlier in the show, last Crimbo Crawl. It it was indeed the last Crimbo Crawl, but that doesn't mean that we're not doing it anymore. Doesn't mean we're not getting together. Yes, um, we spent uh, quite a bit of the time at the weekend chatting to people about this, um, but for a while we've been wondering if doing the Crimbo Crawl at Christmas is the right time of year to do it, despite its name. Yeah. Um, and and there's, there's lots of factors to take into consideration here. It's, it's a busy time of the year, 
anyway. Yeah. Um, whenever we normally go to towns and cities, sometimes we do struggle to get venues to reserve the spaces because it's busy. Uh, we do seem to pay a bit more of a premium on things like train tickets, hotels, purely because it's December yeah. and, and it's Christmas. Um, people have got Christmas parties, other things that they're worrying about. There's money factors at Christmas. There's, as you alluded to, it gets dark at four o'clock. There's the potential of bad weather. There, there's a whole host of reasons not to do this thing yeah. at, at Christmas. And so looking on the, the positives of maybe thinking about doing it uh, in the summertime, such as, you know, no guarantees, but more chance perhaps of better weather. Is that if we can pick a time when like outside of, particularly outside of the football season, because that tends to be the sport draws people mm-hmm. into pubs anyway. Um, also, if places are busy, those ones with outdoor areas, you've automatically increased your, your footfall space anyway. Yeah. Um, Especially if it's nice. Yeah. You know, if it's a nice day, it could be light up till nine, ten o'clock. So that just gives it a... I think the day will feel that a little bit longer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's just that time of year when I... Well, personally, uh, and I'm not saying this is the same for everyone, I don't feel that I'm thinking, oh, it's another two nights on the beer. Uh, because you're meeting up with other people, or there's a work do, or there's more than one work do, and other other things come into consideration. You probably maybe feel a bit poorer as well. You know, December people get paid a bit earlier sometimes, and then January payday feels like a million miles away. Um, so we actually spoke to people about this. We didn't we didn't do it on Twitter. We spoke to people about it, and generally, by and large, the the view was that if we considered switching it to a summer get together, that people will be just as interested. Absolutely. So we are officially switching from the first weekend of December to the first weekend of June, which means we are now currently less than six months away from from Summer Sesh. (laughs) Yeah, the first ever Summer Sesh, as we'll now be um, calling it. And we are very much looking forward to going to Birmingham as, as, as well next year. And apparently I've got to learn... Pronounce Birmingham with a G. Yes, yes. Apparently, I was okay at the weekend. So Birmingham. Yeah. How's that? So there Does you that go. Work for people. Birmingham. If it doesn't, they will tell you. I'm sure they will. Uh, so you know, the 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 Friday night there'll be something sorted out, and Saturday will be in and around Birmingham. There are plenty of places now, both inside and outside the centre of Birmingham, to to fill a day and an evening. Yep, um, but we will be continuing along the less is more approach. Yes, less is so, more both for both for the Friday night and both for the Saturday daytime. Again, with the caveat, if anyone wants to go off piste, feel free. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll let you know where we are. Yep, and, and and go from there. So you can probably look for details to start emerging about the summer sesh. Probably after Easter or around Easter time. You probably there'll probably be a bit of a drip here and there. We're also going to work very closely with our our, our beery friends in the Midlands, um, and and you know especially uh, the, the guys from Beers Without Frontiers and Rob Edwards as well, who'll help us both with the Friday and Saturday. You know they're on the ground, they know the people there. Yeah, they they've got an affinity for the area, um, and anyone else who's connected with the area, any suggestions may or may not get on the list, but. Let us know, because we've only got limited knowledge ourselves. Oh, very, very. I mean, we've been there a couple of times, but... 
our, our knowledge of places yeah. isn't, isn't great. So that'll be the, the, the 5th and 6th of June yep. n- next year, summer sesh. So um, if you do want to start looking at things like hotels, certainly you can probably book your hotels now. Um, I think you'll have to wait a little bit closer for, for, for trains. For but it will be that weekend. That's nailed on. I've booked a Friday off at work already. Okay. Done. Well, well done. Yeah. <laughs> well, well done. <laughs> and you'll leave Friday the 5th of June, booked. Yeah. <laughs> so looking forward to that. Looking forward to a summer sesh. It, I, I am actually if it's a nice day I am just really looking forward to just being sure. a little bit warmer not having to carry so much with you shorts and t-shirt yeah and just you know just standing outside and watching the sunset over over Birmingham yeah maybe over one of the canals or something Birmingham Birmingham oh, see you're making me do it now don't make yeah. me do it wrong <laughs> so yes I am very much looking forward to that now while I crack open the last beer Steve have you been up to anything else uh, not really no uh, not in terms of a massive beer adventure um, the only thing uh, probably to mention is that I have already tackled and completed this year's Cannonball Run. When did you from, do that, Steve? Magic Rock. Uh, did it the night before Quimbo Crawl leave. <laughs> Seemed like the most sensible time to do it, of course. really. Um, so yeah, worked my way through this year's beers, which we ordered direct from Magic Rock. Uh, as we did last year, I chose to start with the Neo Human Cannibal, thinking it being... Having a bit of a softer profile would work best on its own at the start, and then dived into what you could probably call the original trilogy in in, in terms of cannibal, human, unhuman at the end. Um, I've got to say, Neo Human is a good beer. It just isn't for me. I just, I'm just, I'm not enjoying it. It's, um, it's, it's full on. New England style, um, not sugary and cloying, but it's a very, very soft, juicy finish. It is sweet on the finish. Um, and it's just, uh, other than being a completist and feeling like if I haven't done that as part of the Cannonball Run then now, you haven't I'm done missing the out run. on something, um, I'm not sure it's one that I'm going to rush to buy again in, in, in the future. That's fair enough. And so if we take that one to one side, then you did the... Did the original run. The original so, trilogy. Um, so the, 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 the benefit this year was that we didn't actually have to order Cannonball from Magic Rock. I simply went to my nearest Tesco's, looked at every can on the shelf to see which was the freshest cans, and, and bought a couple of cans from, from my nearest Tesco. And? Come on. Tasted great. It was, uh, I found some that were canned towards the end of October, so still fairly yeah. fresh. Um, Cannibal just tasting just as good as it always was, always is. You know that kind of kind of resinous, west coasty feel that that they've really nailed with that beer now. Um, human Cannibal, big dank monster, really, really full of um, resinous orange pithy bitter finish. Really, really thick on 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 the body. Um, but still, compared to the other two beers, feels like an uncomfortable middle child for me. <laughs> um, I, I can see how it's double cannonball. But then when you drink unhuman cannonball, which is triple cannonball, it's, it's crisp, it's bitter, it's soft, it's easy, it's full of citrus notes... And I just don't see how it correlates to Human Cannibal in the middle. Uh, I really don't. For, for me, the standout again this year was Unhuman Cannibal. It was absolutely fantastic. 
Um, I've got a second can of it and it's actually going into my 12 beers of Christmas this year as one of the beers in there, which is which is probably the only benefit to it being released at this time of the year is that I can actually include it in, in, in my 12 yeah, beers of Christmas. That's now. true. I mean, I've got, thank you for bringing mine over tonight that we ordered uh, together. Um, I look forward to trying mine. And I don't know when yet because there seems to be a lot going on. Yeah. So that was that's the disadvantage of it coming out is I... When am I going to fit in the Cannibal Run at the moment? Yeah, I mean, the timing's really strange on it. I, I, I know why they've done that. Yeah, they've, so they've, they've, they've given us the, the, the spiel for it, you know, about the hops and the, how fresh they wanted it to be. So, but, okay, get all that, but I might not drink it as fresh as they intend me to now. No, no because not, not only has it come out right on top of the Christmas party season, and, and, and for all the reasons we just listed that we're moving Crimbo Cruel for, but it came out... The day after Siren's Caribbean chocolate cake release, yes. um, there seemed to be a lot of big releases in, in, yeah. in a couple but of arguably, days. But arguably, at least with the, the Caribbean chocolate cake, all of those you can push out if you want. You can because you can, you can age them. But you really do want to do Cannonball there and then. Now, you may want to put one or two of them away and see if it develops over a three or six month period or even longer, as some people have. But generally, the, the most... The general feeling is that you want to have them as soon as possible. Yeah, you want to have it fresh, super fresh. But quite frankly, if I'm at home in between the crisp, all this Christmassy stuff going on and us, us doing the crimbo call as well, but I'm actually struggling to think, when am I going to do it now? Well, you don't want to think, oh, I'll just crack open that 11% triple IPA tonight. Yeah, that's all I want to do. Yeah. There's no way we were doing it tonight. No. There's no, no way we were no, doing it. No, but I, I just think when it used to be released in April, May, it used to kind of sit on its own as this big release. Well, it was springtime. It felt like yeah. we felt summer was on the horizon. Yeah. And and there was something about it this year for me as well that, yes, the beers are great and, and I enjoyed drinking them. Um, they've just lost a little bit of their sparkle around the whole release thing. And I don't know if that's because of the time of year or because it's now so readily available. I, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, but... I, I, yeah, no, I still look forward to it. I just could have done with it. You know, I would be if they'd release it in January when I hadn't got anything else going on. Yeah. <laughs> but, without further ado, I have opened a beer which people would have heard. The Four Pure Big Drop Collab, Big River Black IPA. Okay, this let's is the one see. I've been most looking forward to. Let's hope it doesn't disappoint. Bit of chocolate on the nose. A little bit, yeah. Maybe a bit of smoke. Bitter chocolate on the flavour. Oh, yeah. Roastiness. Roastiness. Not really getting that hoppy profile off Not, of it, though, that you'd be looking for I'm getting in a, a black IPA. Yeah, I'm getting a uh, porter sort of feel for I'm, it. I'm, I'm getting hoppy porter. Yeah. Um, so this was recommended to be the last in this series, so order number four, Hops Chinook. Intense combination of two styles. The aroma is chocolate and a little coffee with a hint of oak woodiness and pineapple. Not really getting the pineapple, I have to admit. No, I'm getting no pineapple. Uh, Flavour is hopful with just a hint of chocolate and roasted coffee. I'll say it's the other way around. I'm getting yeah. chocolate, then bitter chocolate in the flavour, then the roast coffee. Before a clean, bitter finish. It is bitter. There is a bit, definitely a bitter mm-hmm. finish. Uh, water, barley, lactose, hops and yeast. Not really getting too much of the lactose come through, I have to admit. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't have used like, some oats in the bill on this one, because it had that bit of body to it. Maybe had a big bottle bit of body but then you'd very much be leaning into stout style black black IPA you generally want to tend it to be a little bit lighter lighter mouthfeel more like your traditional IPA 
crisp, clean finish, that sort of thing. I suppose I could just picture him here, but I saw someone on Twitter yesterday that had um, a Colonel Indian Porter, and that's, to my mind, essentially is a bit of a black IPA, really. Yeah. And then I, it's in my head of what that style can be. Mm-hmm. Um, initial thinking is it's my favourite of the four so far. Yeah, I think it's, it's this, the standout this, of the four. The order has got better. So one, two, three, four has been... One has been my least favourite, four is my favourite currently. Yeah. So, but we'll see how this develops in the glass. Yeah, well, you're, you've got some yeah. talking to do now, haven't you? Because you're gonna, you, you've got a few beer adventures to go through, I imagine. Yeah, we can't... Poor planning on my part. I decided that I was going to go and uh, visit my son in Plymouth uh, the weekend before the Crimbo course, the last weekend. And um, just happened to tie in with the Vessel Beer Festival. Shock. Coincidence or what? Um, and so it's held, this is the second year, it's held at a rather wonderful Guild Hall um, in Plymouth City Centre. Lovely building inside and out. One of those venues where you keep on looking up and seeing something a bit different every time. And um, lovely feel to it, nice setup. It feels like um, Sam from Vessel Beer Shop has taken the best of his favourite fest- festivals and tried to tailor his festival to it. So it's all keg. Every brewery basically has, I think it was generally had two beers on, um, unless they were sharing, but it's generally they had two, two offerings on. Didn't try to overload it with breweries. So if you really wanted to, and you were maybe sharing a third each time with other people, you could probably get through most of them. Token system. So it's £11 entry if you did it online in advance. That got you your first token. So that's £2.50, a glass and a programme, plus the entrance to the Guildhall. If you then turned up on the door, same price, but you didn't get the first beer. Fair enough. A little bit of an incentive to... Get your numbers up, book ahead, see what's happening. So we got down there for 11 because I said, you know, because I go with Michael, let's get ourselves a seat. Then we can just chill, relax. Signed us up actually for a cider and cheese tasting. Had some ciders from Find and Foster, which I'd never tried before, but they were really nice and quite generous with the cheese, actually. So that was quite nice at you know, half one in the afternoon. Bit of a top up on the food, food supplies. Uh, Michael enjoyed both the ciders. Um, actually, less enamoured with the cheese, so I had to eat his. Shame. I know. Gutted about that as well. Um, nice feel to it. Uh, we sat uh, up near the stage to start off with. Uh, and I would say although I'm sure that for some people the music was background if you were close to the stage because they were just sitting on the stage the speakers it, at times it wasn't quite background enough for me uh, small gripe uh, later on we moved down to the back of the room which is where uh, Simon who I've already mentioned who gave us the beer he was there so it was nice to meet him also um, Mark the gas man was also in attendance so nice to say hello to him and also Ian, I met Ian as well. So there was a few people there, which mm-hmm. I, which I've, you know, interact with us on the show, and we follow each other on Twitter. So that made it quite a nice beery afternoon. Very comfortable venue, actually. Good, a few selections of food outside as well. Um, easy enough to top up your tokens. Uh, cashless. So apart from maybe one or two of the food vendors who had the option of taking cash, everything Vessel were doing was was card only. I'd say two pound fifty a token. The only thing was, just be mindful of the tokens because if you overbought them, they were saying no refunds. Uh, and you could buy the whole of the Siren chocolate cake series from the fridge as well to take away. They had some beers to take away. 
not really going to go into too much detail about the, the individual beers and stuff. We've spoken quite a lot about different beers today anyway. But lovely feel to it. I did have the 2019 iteration of Siren and to be fair, excellent as it always is, the chocolate cake. So just the, the base version, which only comes in at 9% or 8.9 or something. Mm. Popped back in the evening for uh, after Michael had gone back to his digs for a couple of hours, tried a few more beers. Uh, atmosphere hadn't really changed from the afternoon, but weirdly, in my experience, the Saturday evening wasn't quite as busy as I might have expected it to be. So, you know, year two, I suppose, maybe there's still a little bit of building up to do for that sort of what a craft beer festival can be, etc. Plus, last weekend of November, start of December, perhaps people are also starting to think about, you know, Christmas market was out. There was Christmassy stuff going on as well. So I think, you know, it's trying hard to work out when the best time is to, for the festival to be. But I really enjoyed it. Michael was at university for another couple of years at Plymouth. I would certainly be trying to go at least another one more occasion as well. I mean, to visit Michael. <laughs> Must remember. Clearly. Responsible yeah. parent, go visit Michael. Um, so yeah, well done, well done to everyone involved in that, and it, also lovely to meet up with uh, Leanne and Simon, the Gertz from Leeds, who came down to help because they're big friends of mm-hmm. Sam. So they came all the way down from Leeds by train and went all the way back on, and they had a few delays on the way back on Sunday as well. So they're a bit nervy about missing their visit to Bundabus, as far as I remember. I do believe they made it back just in time on, on the Sunday. Phew. That would have been. I was, that was, I was following that closely <laughs> on, on, on the Sunday. Um, so yeah, re- I really did enjoy it. And then on Thursday, uh, before yeah, so you went and did the Cannibal Run. And I decided to go to another beer festival. Do it responsibly, folks. Yep, that's what we're all about. Although we are at least proving it tonight. Yes, that that is true. So Pig's Ear, some of you may may know, is a camera-led festival in London. It's held in Hackney, uh, Stoke Newington, uh, what, uh, what used to be an old chapel. Very nice building inside and out. Um, very, very wide range selection of beers. I've been there when they've really tried to home in on the London scene, that kind of thing, a few years ago. But this was quite far and wide, they'd thrown the net. Um, had a really good time with friends. Our friend, uh, friends Matt and Dan from Essex Bottle Share were there. My mate Neil, who was my, one of my best men at the wedding popped over not just for that but he had a few other things to do in london and at the weekend so we we, we had a catch up didn't love it as much as vessel though uh seating was only up in the the bit upstairs so we'd have just been going up and down stairs all the time which if you're having halves which often you do at a beer festival it's like just a pain in the ass i hate to say it but so many of the beers were overvented most of the beers weren't served in what i would class as their optimum condition the exception probably being, for me, at the ones I tried, uh, Railway Porter okay. from Five Points. Um, no standout beers, uh, or definitely no standout new beers. Railway Porter is probably my favourite of the day by Country Mile. A shame, and it was very... Bear in mind, I'm a camera member of about 18 or 19 years. It was very camera. I've, I've got to be honest. If... It's not a festival that I have any any interest in ever attending. From the, the the pictures I see of it on online, it always looks far too crowded to me. Um, it's there's just something about it that, and and I know you should try things at least once, but I just look at it and there's absolutely nothing about that festival that makes me want to go to it. Yeah, I mean on the upside, it's a I only pay a min, you may a minimum amount to get in. 
again, it's a fairly much it's a token system, but based on one of those cards where they mark it off, return the glass at the end. So you can go for very little. And for me, who's already in London, so my outlay is pretty minimal. It's an Oyster card journey. But I do know what you're saying. There isn't really any, apart from going, like I said, going upstairs, if you're prepared to do that, then you're fine. Uh, there isn't really anywhere to be downstairs and you have to have um, a bit of space to even, because it's winter again, you've got bag, you've got coat. There isn't really just anywhere to put that stuff. Mm. Um, I've left it three or four years at least since I last went and it will probably be three or four years minimum before I go back again. I don't need another beer festival in December and I don't need one where I haven't really got that much space and the beers weren't offering me too much either. I don't want to sound too down on it, but probably it's sandwiching between a really good time in Vessel in Plymouth and just going to a load of, shitload of good places in Manchester where I still had a great choice of beers, but all were served really well, whatever, whether it be bottle, keg or cask. Yeah. We went to the Pembury Tavern afterwards, sat down, pint of XPA from five points and thought, that tastes good. And it was, I felt like I was back in the pub again. Mm-hmm. So... I am, you know, the, the the camera beer festival thing, apart from a few of the summer ones where I feel like I can relax a little bit more because, you take, again, you get the outside space as well. There's a few of them I probably won't be rushing to at the moment. You, you know, we, we, we've we said a lot of times, it, if, if you look at the beer festival calendar now across the UK, it's a very busy calendar. Um, some will continue to rise to the top and continue to be successful some will begin to fall away. Yeah, and... It's you know, inevitable. I will give the caveat that I've never been to the Pig's Ear whatever time I've gone to, whether it be an afternoon or an evening during the week, where it's not been busy, though. So well, there, it's there are, it obviously appeals to a certain type of drinker. Yeah, exactly. There are plenty of people who still enjoy it. I'm just not necessarily one of them at the moment. Yeah. So... Maybe that's one for a, for, for a future show to revisit. Exactly. And that will enable... Um, people to get involved in that discussion with us um, as they always can uh, on anything we discuss about the show use the hashtag opinions and you may very well find your view in this next part of the show let us know write it down let us know write it down let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness write it down quite a bit of feedback about some previous shows yeah. this this week which is which is nice so let's um let's get through some of this first up uh, Richard Taylor at Richard Taylor 1608 Loving the show today, guys. The studio shows are always great fun to listen to with all the Abiri Adventures news and questions. Looking forward to Crimbo Crawl and Opinions 100. Uh, what time is a good time to start beer consumption <laughs> on Christmas Day? Whenever you feel comfortable. If you haven't got to travel anywhere, you know. Whenever, yeah. whenever you want. It's a day of rest. It's a day of relaxation. Do what you want when you want. Just be responsible. I think I started about 11% last year on a 2.8%. Did you just say 11% rather than 11 p.m.? Yes, sorry. So your time of days are now by uh, percentage. Uh, no, no, by percentage. I started at 11 a.m. Um, yes, kids. Do not copy Uncle Steve. <laughs> last year uh, on a, I think it was a cherry sour Blitzen from Gypsy Hill. Seemed like an appropriate drink to start the day with. I think a few people had that last year. Yeah. Because it was out roughly. It has, it has just been re-released this week. For, oh, is it? For, for this year. Okay. I don't that's, need any more beer at the moment, but I do remember it being well. highly highly rated last year. Yeah. Um, but no, just to echo what you say, whenever you feel comfortable and dependent on whether you've got responsibilities on, on the day or not. Yeah, if your only responsibility is making sure that everything just runs smoothly in your own place and things come out at the right time, TV's on at the right time, feet up, go ahead. Yeah. 
Uh, Will Watkins at Dry Your Beers uh, regarding the style guidelines. BJCP actually talks about the difference of American IPA versus American Pale Ale and gives commercial examples of each. I think that was the discussion we were having on, on, on the last Yeah, that was show, one of our it? questions, wasn't it, that we'd got? Yeah. And this this next comment is, uh, well, the next two comments actually are, are I think, in, in response to we when we were talking about the desert island, about the snacks... And someone said, so we had a few Scotch eggs, and then someone said Manchester eggs, and I said, well, I'm not sure what those are, so I think I took a bit of a stab at, is that like a Scotch egg, but the meat's replaced by black pudding. Mm -hmm. So, from James at James Moosh, a Manchester egg is similar to a Scotch egg, but it's a pickled egg wrapped in black pudding and breadcrumbs. Ask for one if you're in one or many other pubs in Mank. Guess what I didn't do? You didn't ask for one of those, did you? No. (laughs) And from Sean O'Reilly... I've given the good people of Manchester two and a half days, but it's like an itch that I just had to scratch. I think we set him the challenge, didn't yeah. we, to uh, tell, and he tell probably, us what it was. He probably knew straight away. Yeah. Um, Martin was very close with his thoughts of Scotch egg with black pudding. The extra twist is that it's a pickled egg. I really do want to try it. The more I read it, I just want to try it again. You kind of missed the window, mate. The, the window of opportunity was a little bit more before today recording. Yes, absolutely. Uh, from Bring On The Beer at uh, Bring On The Beer. O'Neill's still exists in Cardiff. Sadly, overpriced. Bad beer, bad food. Um, so this was in response to our Dublin thing with Mark, jo- Mark and yeah, Johnson. finding a different O'Neill's. Exactly. Um, and still on the O'Neill's theme, Jamie Smith at jsmith360. We have had an O'Neill's open up in Portsmouth in the last few months. We also have several good breweries if you're ever down this way. Cheers. Probably been down a Pompey way. For, if you, I go down to Southampton when I've been to the cruise and stuff. I haven't been to Pompey. Yeah. Um, from Joshua Hales at Joshua A. Hales. I wish breweries, bars, etc. would stay off politics. It can make me feel differently about them and that's a real shame when I just want to enjoy their beer. Obviously, I understand that everyone has an opinion, but I don't know why businesses feel the need to tell me. I swapped politics Twitter for beer Twitter and it was so much better. But beer Twitter has now dragged me back into politics Twitter. Thanks to us for getting my mind firmly back on the beer on my commute with your latest show, thinking about my desert island bar now. <laughs> here to help always always here, here, to, help. here to provide a distra- distraction and on this day of release none more so yes and it was great to meet Joshua at the yes as well. yeah real pleasure also, also came along on the crawl uh, from Chicken Dipper at Graham Salander No Worries is a non-alcoholic beer this was one of his choices for the Desert yeah. Island Bar uh, the best I've ever had I figured it'd be, it'd be nice to have a day off booze once in a while also, I chose Pliny after having it on keg at Tornado in San Francisco. Also, bought some bottles home with me. Great show. I'm still jealous about that bit. About <laughs> yeah. the last bit. It's, um, it's like you said that just to yeah, just, just to, to uh, uh, um, yeah. But yeah, I figure that because it's um, like a fairly much it's a magic desert island. I don't need to have a dry day. It's like Groundhog. Whatever's happened the day before is irrelevant anymore. Okay. Talking of magic on your desert island, somebody didn't necessarily agree <laughs> with, with some of the magic that you tried to spin. But some people did, and I don't see those comments on here. Oh, that was as a result of this one comment. Yeah, um, but people agreed in the end. And, and we tried to avoid doing whole threads of, <laughs> of comments here. So Miles at Miles Lambert. I'm sorry, but opting for Fuller's Vintage Owl in the fridge being any all vintages 
feel like the equivalent of Aladdin making his last wish being for more wishes. Love the fantasy bar show lineup. Found myself constantly being challenged what I would pick. Now, the one comment that did come back on this was from the originator of the tweet, Joe Hill at Multiplex Rant, who said he was fine with it. Yep. So, and as it was his question, the final decision, I believe, can lay with Joe on this one. Yep. And it was nice to see Joe at the weekend as well, the one who shared the, uh, yes, the bottle with abs- us. Absolutely. Um, and lastly, from Adam Johnson, maybe not a fad, underscores, we have noted, I have noted, have disappeared. Have all gone, yes. And again, Adam was with us at the weekend. Yes, it was great to see Adam yeah. too, yeah. Thanks for the mention, by the way. Happy Christmas. Check out my amended Twitter handle. See you next week at Grimbo Crawl. <laughs> I love it when listeners actually listen to, to, to suggestions that we make to them. Just Well, just to make it easier for us to say things. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, it's, it's great I mean I, I do love going through these it's, 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 it's great to know that people uh, are listening to the show and they continue to interact after we've recorded the show and continue to feedback as well and it's, it's just a case of using that hashtag opinions and, uh, and we'll find you and make sure yeah. and we, we, we try and include as many as we can hopefully it's a two way thing because there are things that people have said to us that we've tried to take on board as well oh definitely definitely with the show so keep it going this is a this is two way engagement yeah and now, finally, just some questions. Questions, questions, fill my head. So we've only got the one this week. This is again from Bring on the Beer, at Bring on the Beer. Uh, one for her opinions. If a brewery, not thinking of any in particular, changes a beer recipe to try to appeal to a bigger audience, should the original recipe be kept as a special or alternative edition? No, the original recipe should stay as it is and they create a new beer. I in total agreement with that. Nice and easy one to, 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 to finish off with this week. Um... I think we've just got some final thoughts to do about the, um, what's, what's it actually called? Big River Black IPA. Okay, so this is Big Drop and Four Pure. It's the best of the four. I think it has got a lot a lot of nice notes about it. It's probably gone under my expectation because it's not really hit me as a Black IPA. Yeah, it's, it's still Hoppy Porter for me. Um, but it's um, it's nice. It's drinkable. Probably the only one that I think I might be able to do the whole 440 without feeling like it's a struggle in the last third. Hmm. So I would, out of all four, if presented with the last one, I'd probably go for that. But to be honest, just put them all in 330s. I was, I was going to say, what, what are your thoughts overall on the pack? pack? Good idea? Is it, yes. No, it's an excellent idea because it's just showing a how much you can do with beer and that you can do some very interesting and eclectic mixes with low to no alcohol beer as well mm-hmm. to make it interesting. But for me, a couple of the styles just didn't work. And I do have, a, I did buy another four pack, but I won't buy that series again because there's two of them there I don't really need again. Yeah, I think I think there's work to be done here. I think, like I say, I think, first of all, hats off to all of these breweries in, in being this experimental to try and do different styles of beer at 0.5%. Well, they've tried to work, they've worked with, like you said, they've worked with four breweries who are well-established. Yeah. And if the breweries aren't well-established, say in Salt's case, with a brewer who's very well-established, mm-hmm. they're working with Melissa Cole, and Melissa Cole has had plenty of input in different beers. Yeah. You know, the for example, just what Tom had, the Imperial, I, the, uh, Imperial I, Bonnie, the IPA series, uh, the, dark, the Imperial Stout from Fuller's, which has got that sort of uh, Turkish Delight nose to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I love that beer. She I, knows how to work with flavours. Yes. So 
yeah, like I said, may not work for me and maybe some of these beers have been done with a, a food pairing thing in mind because, you know, Melissa's very much into that as well. That's, I believe there was a launch event and I believe they were all paired with dishes. Which at, doesn't at, surprise at, me. At the launch event. Um, and it may well change your perception of it. But when I buy a four pack of beer, I'm probably not thinking about a four course meal. No, me, me, me either. But in, in terms of, what was the price point? Is it 12, 12 quid, was it? It's 12 quid for the four. Uh, so it's not a small outlay, let's be honest. It's not a small outlay for four beers that most people won't have tried before. But yeah, I think hats off for them for giving it a go. Mm-hmm. I will be interested to see what the next series is like. I will take pay a bit more attention to what the four styles are if it's a mixed box again. I think so. But I, I, I am with you on one of the statements you made. They needed to be in 330 mil cans. Yeah. To, to, to really shine because I, I think I think that's let the, the one thing that has let them all down is the minute they've begun to warm up they, they they become a struggle to drink. Yes, definitely. And I think that's still a problem that this whole sector has got in, in terms of alcohol-free, low and no, still struggles the minute the drink starts to warm up. Yeah, and unless you're going to share them, 440 can is going to be a, a warming up for these ones because I can't drink them quick enough. No, I, I, I can't. Well, had, had I just been drinking these on my own, first one wouldn't have drunk, so I've, I've, I've lost three quid there. Yeah. I probably would have only drunk half of the second one, so I've lost another 150. It's it's not a good outlay for me, and I just think, I, I can understand the reasoning behind the 440ml cans, because that's what's on trend, and, and that's what everybody's doing. But, but given if you, you're trying to be experimental, said that, given you've put go them smaller. In a, given you've put them in a cardboard box, most people are doing cardboard box beers in 330s. Yes, yeah. Because it's that but, fridge. But hats off. Hats off for doing it. I was genuinely interested to try it. I'm a little bit muted about it. But I don't want them to not carry on trying it. And I don't want other brewers to not carry on trying it. Well, I'm looking forward to the second There is a market series, there. yeah. And I think a couple of these beers, if one one of them take that beer on, because this is what often happens off the back of a collaboration, doesn't it? Yeah. It becomes a brewery, one brewery takes it on and work with it and carry on refining it and carry on working on that balance and that drinkability maybe if it's not big drop doing it maybe you can bring it up a couple of notches on the ABV not much so it still comes under you know a very low beer not I don't say you bring it up to a table beer it's still maybe up to one or 0.9 or 1.2 maybe you can start to build up a bit of balance on it as well I'm pleased we didn't though yeah I was very curious yeah and like I say, it's good that we know there's another there's another set coming. Yeah, next, and it's, like I said earlier, if anyone else does them, please let us know. Hashtag opinions. We'd love to know what you think. About I'd love to. Is. I'd love to hear other people's thoughts yeah, on these ones. Definitely. What have we got coming up next? We have the end of year show, Steve. I'm really looking forward to it this you year. You know, we're into actually. we're into awards season. Yeah. We obviously know what the awards everyone's waiting for. It's the ones we we we, we give our thoughts. That 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 is that that's the only awards that matter. Yeah, is is, is the ones that we'll be discussing on the next show. Now, uh, we're going to stick to pretty much the same format we did last year, which is for us. It'll be our favourite beer adventures. Yep. Best brewery, best beer. Yep. Um, and and probably just sticking at those three. Yeah, there'll be. We the may odds. mention other highlights. Yeah, here and, and there. If you, maybe the odd honourable mention here and there. That that'll be about it. We have got some stonking beers lined up, either a few which we've had in cellar, we've got some homebrew, and we've got a few beers that have been sent to us and have been given to us by, by listeners. So it, it's, a, it's a fair mix, 
it's on. It, we're going to be recording on a Thursday because it's close to the weekend. So, <laughs> in case the recovery is required. Yeah, it's a average, very high ABV. I'm looking at it as a two-week average on the beers, to be honest, <laughs> over two shows. And at the moment, the ABV isn't sitting too badly because we've had four 0.5. Yeah. Um, but as part of that show, we would love to include our listeners' beery highlights of the year as, as, as yeah, well. Whether so, that be breweries, beers, adventures, or anything else. Yeah, so... You can get start getting involved in that now. Use the hashtag opinions. Um, there will be a poll out probably the weekend straight after that this show is released yep. that will also ask for that. Um, but we'd love to be able to share some of your views on what have been the standouts for you as well. Then, going into next year, we're still not sharing this yet, but we're still teasing it. Yep. So we will share all of the details for this on the end of year review show so you know what you've got to look forward to. But we'll be doing a triannuary gen- special at the beginning of January. Very Quite early on in January, yeah, actually. Very early on. Um, in fact, isn't it the last official day of Christmas? It is, yeah. Last of the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. Um, so we're looking forward to that. And we've also got hashtag opinions 100 coming up as well, which is a, quite a landmark show for us as well. So it's 100 episodes of... The core show, not yeah. not all the specials and spin-offs and everything else we do. Uh, it's the hundredth episode of the core show. Yeah, and, uh, and that will be recorded in mid-January. More details to follow. Yes, we'll reveal all of that on 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 the next show. Yeah, we might reveal some of it earlier on in the show, just in case the show gets a bit too much. <laughs> in case we forget. Yeah. Oh, shit, I've got to say it. What's going on? Um, but for now, mate, I just want to finish by saying once again how much I enjoyed Manchester. I, I think it's probably up there as being one of the best Grimbo crawls we've we've ever done. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it was great. It's the people. It's the people that join us that make it. It's the people we meet en route. It's the people who help us out at the either the breweries or the tap rooms or the bars. Put it all together, it's a very heady mix, which meant that was 12 hours flew by. And even though a bit tired yesterday, had a smile on my face just thinking yep. about it. Yep. And even, even if it is the last one that, that, that we do uh, at Christmas, um, it was a great one to go out on, but I am looking forward to the summer sesh next year. Yeah, so I think on that note, here's the summer sesh. Cheers. Cheers.